From iHeartRadio, The Don, the definitive 24-episode podcast series on the producer of Flashdance, Beverly Hills Cop, and Top Gun, the maverick, Don Simpson. Don lived for the movies, and tragically, he died for them. The L.A. coroner proclaimed Don's body to be the most toxic corpse in the history of California autopsy. Season one takes you inside the nefarious circumstances surrounding Don's death. Listen to the podcast series, The Don, wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and happy Mother's Day, everybody. For those moms that are listening, happy Mother's Day. For those dads and kids cooking breakfast for mom, do a good job. She deserves it. She's special every day, but today is her day. Don't make her do anything she doesn't want to do. Happy Mother's Day, moms, and thank you for tuning in and listening. I can't thank you enough. Hopefully, we'll keep you, you know, kind of engaged in the show. Any questions you have pertaining to your financial future, the phone lines are open, one 800 Talk WGY 1-800-825-5949, 1-800-825-5949. For the moms listening, I'm very committed to women and wealth, something that I feel proud of. I've been committed to helping women out, whether it be through divorce, widowed situations, whatever it may be, helping women just become financially independent, It's something, I guess, you know, losing my mom when I was 10, she was only 31. You know, it's been near and dear to my heart when I came into this profession 34 years ago. It's been near and dear to my heart. And I'm actually taking it to a next level. We have a new professional that joined our team a few weeks back, Nicole Goebel. She's relocating her family from Princeton, New Jersey. She is a CPA. She's going to be one of our wealth advisors to help round out our wealth advising team. And she is very committed to helping me with women in wealth, along with Harmony Wagner, CFP, who's also one of our wealth advisors. I'm telling you, folks, those moms out there listening, if you want to learn more about money, call us. We're here to help you. But for today, anybody listening, call. 1-800-825-5949. So yesterday we had a lot of questions on digital currency. I mean, I'm telling you, and I, I you know, after the show, I, I, I took it to another level and I went out and asked some questions and I was surprised that just how many people that I knew that had these little accounts out there playing with this, playing with that. And I remember one of the callers yesterday was in the Dogecoin, and I begged him to sell, 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 sell. Everybody's waiting for Elon Musk. Zach Harris and I were just talking about it. It peaked, I think, Zach said, just before the SNL show went on. And I'm telling you, as soon as the show hit its um, stride, Dogecoin dropped 30%. I don't know where it is right now, but... Folks, this was this was something that was created as a as a game, as a um, you know, th- this was fluffiness. That th- this was actually just giggles. I mean, this wasn't anything that that was supposed to be real or take off, and all of a sudden it did. Just goes to show you that the platforms out there, the movement behind some of these. Trading vehicles are, are scary in a way. 
for especially for traditional investors that truly are buying investments, whether it be stocks, exchange traded funds, or mutual funds, with the intent of holding on to them. You know, the the especially the younger generation, they are getting into some of these um, investment vehicles and they're creating chaos. They, you know, there's a frenzy. And I'm telling you, if you get in low and you get that gut instinct, I mean, you could have bought Dogecoin for less than a penny just four short months ago. And here we are. I, where did it peak, Zach? 70 cents? Where did it peak last night? I think right around 75 cents. 75 cents, baby. That's, that's, if you got in under a penny, listen, who said you can't make money with the penny? You know, if you got in with the penny and, you know, all of a sudden it went up to 75 cents, sell, baby, sell. You can't sell fast enough. Do you really think Dogecoin's going to, well, who knows? I can't, listen, I never thought Bitcoin would be hitting a, a high of $65,000 either. But it looks as though, you know, what what we call transformational data sharing, um, digital currency is is here some of it has i think more bearing than than others dogecoin is something that i do not feel belong in anybody's portfolio listen if you got ten dollars and you want to open up one of those robin hood accounts or however how do you how do you buy dogecoin zach i bought it through robin hood robin hood so if you got ten dollars and you want to play you can buy a lot of shares at where where's it trading at right now zach uh right now it looks like it's under 30. 30 cents man oh man so if you sold at 75 cents just nine hours ago you hit a home run if you held on to it or if you bought it just before elon musk went on saturday night live you're sucking wind. That's what these investments are. So be careful. Be careful. Hey, if you got $10, put it into a Robinhood account and buy buy a whole boatload of, of Dogecoin at $0.30. Cents. Heck, by the time you open up the account, it could be $0.20. Cents. Zach Harris, my new financial analyst. 1-800-TALK-WGY. 1-800-825-5949. one 800 49. So, you know, yesterday, you know, we talked about the markets a little bit. Um, we talked about interest rates, the yield on a 10-year U.S. Treasury note kind of came down, which means the price went up. There's an inverse relationship there. And that was actually healthy. That was good to see because when those interest rates were going up, technology was taking it on the chin. Am I getting nervous about owning QQQ? I am not getting nervous about owning QQQ. It's our top holding, along with the broad stock market index, our core holding, until the day they drag me out of my firm, kicking and screaming, or the day that I don't wake up, we will be heavily invested in QQQ. It's an index that I like. I like it a lot. I've owned it for 15 plus years on behalf of my clients, and my clients have done very, very well with it. And I'm, I'm telling you, when, when, when you look at QQQ, you know, some people say, well, you know, it's, it's not the same um, index as, as it was just 
you know, the turn of the century 21 years ago. And they are right. It, it absolutely isn't the same index that it was. But if you if you look at at at, at Nasdaq, I mean, up 800 percent from the bottom of the Great Recession just 12 short years ago compared to the S&P 500 index up 430 percent. Put that in the perspective. The Dow Jones Industrial Average up 354 percent and well, international investments about 100 percent. Think about that for those diversified investors that own international investments for the last 12 years, you're up 100%, you're up 800% almost with QQQ and almost 500% with the S&P 500 index. So let me answer the second question. Am I looking to get into international investments? Not anytime too soon. Now that doesn't mean that we won't invest in international investments. I still feel that the good old USA is a good place to be invested. Our, when I look at our returns and I look at our U.S. equity sleeve, we nail it. We do a great job managing U.S. equities. And I just, you know, what can't I get in this great country of ours that I can get elsewhere? Emerging markets, sure. When, when things turn around, emerging markets could do well. The valuations look to be low. As I said yesterday, the S&P year-to-date up 13, almost 14%. If you add in dividends, emerging markets year-to-date up 4.4%. And the total world, excluding USA, excluding USA. This takes into consideration developed countries, emerging market company, countries up almost 8%. So I'll take that S&P 500 index being up. 13, 14% with dividends all day long. And as I said, going back since the bottom of the Great Depression or the recession, not depression, the Great Depression, I was not managing money during that time. That was a long time ago, 90 years ago. Um, but I was around for the Great Recession. I was around, I actually started in 87 helping clients. So I even saw Black Monday, if you remember when the stock market dropped 23% in one quick day. Can you imagine, talk about holding on to the seat of your pants. Imagine waking up tomorrow and having, having your investments fall 23% in one day. I mean, go back a year ago, February 23rd, 2020. Everything's in hindsight, right? Crystal clear. The market dropped 34% in three short weeks. Imagine dropping 23% in one day. The key is not to get nervous, not to have knee-jerk reactions, not to panic when you see volatility. I'll say it again. I've said it many times. Volatility is an investor's friend. If you're a long-term investor, take advantage of volatility. Maybe get out of some holdings that you were unsure about, get into holdings that all of a sudden got beaten up. That's how you look at volatility. It's not a bad thing. Volatility is an investor's friend long-term. As long as as long as you can separate your heart from your brain and look at investments with information in a rational manner, you shouldn't be afraid of stocks long-term. Stocks is not a bad place to be, and I'm not here to endorse stocks over bonds or commodities or real estate or cash. I'm just saying, over time, stocks has always been a great place to be invested, and I don't foresee anything changing. Stocks go up. 
I guarantee any investor who will listen to me, stocks come down. I guarantee you there will be another correction, another bear market, and another recession. I just can't tell you when. This little glass ball on my desk is a paperweight. It's not a crystal ball. 1-800-TALK-WGY. 1-800-825-5949. Zach, let me take a 15-second break so I can wet my whistle. The phone lines are open. 1-800-825-5949. Hello and welcome back. Thank you for letting me take that quick break, folks. I, I, I thank you for tuning in. I can't thank you enough. If you have any questions, 1-800-825-5949. The phone lines are open. We had a question yesterday about a caller calling on behalf of his friend. Don't you love it? It's always, you know, I'm asking for a friend of mine, but in all seriousness, you can fund an IRA, Roth IRA, right up until May 17th. That's the new deadline. So um, if, if you qualify, and this gentleman was calling on behalf of his friend, and I'm pretty sure his friend will qualify. One, he doesn't have a pension plan at work. So I think that automatically qualifies him. And if he did have a pension plan at work, I think his adjusted modified adjusted gross income would put him right on the border. And that's why I said he needs to check it out with his tax preparer. And anybody who's doing taxes themselves, you got to really make sure that that you get every every deduction, every credit, everything you have coming to you. And this is why we truly endorse hiring professional tax advisors to prepare tax returns. I, you know, so Nicole is, is a CPA, our newest professional, and I have another professional starting in a couple short weeks, another CPA coming from one of the big four accounting firms. I'm very committed on behalf of my clients to helping them with taxes, especially with all the chatter in Washington about tax rates going up. And I'm pretty sure it'll be factual that tax rates will go up. And if, if Washington gets their way, if President Biden hikes rate, rates where he wants to, if you live in New York, you're going to be the highest tax state in the country. And if you have a business in this great country of ours, you are going to own a business in the highest taxed country in the world. And that's not good for competitiveness. Companies need to be able to compete. And if they're giving back, you know, more than any other country asks them to give back, they may say, hey, why am I operating in this country? I can go to that country with a much lower tax rate that immediately makes me money by saving money. So we have to be careful about hiking taxes and how far we hike taxes. I think there's a lot of loopholes that can be closed. Absolutely, a lot of loopholes that can be closed. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's a slew of them that could raise some tax revenue. Why do we need to raise tax revenue? Because we're spending more money than we're bringing in. Remember, before the stimulus packages, and I think since January, we're up to almost $6 trillion that we're going to be printing. That's a lot of money, folks. That goes right into our um, debt, let's say. The country is going in debt $6 trillion, just like that. So our normal budget before global pandemics was we were bringing in, I don't know, somewhere around three and a half trillion dollars. 
spending four and a half trillion dollars. That means every year we were adding a trillion dollars onto our um, balance sheet as a liability. And, you know, when you add on all the trillions that we spent last year to stem off this this global pandemic and help those in need and then this year another as i said if if this latest bill goes through i think it's going to be close to six trillion dollars this year alone that's a lot of money and does that scare me and concern me absolutely it does it'll weaken our dollar i don't know how inflation can't rear its ugly head at some point down the road there's a lot to be worried about with the way we're printing money as I said, we had a global pandemic. We printed a lot of the money we printed was for good cause, some of it not so um, good, but we're printing a lot of money and it's something to be careful about. Uh, and you need to, um, you know, hopefully someday Washington will grasp that and, and make some tweaks and changes so that we're financially, financially sound. Because I'm telling you, I think we're over $30 trillion in debt right now that's a lot of money that's a lot of money there's 12 zeros on a trillion 1-800-825-5949 any questions you have on this great mother's day may 9th give us a call light at the end of the tunnel spring is in the air you know april showers bring may flowers but not this year april snow showers are bringing may rain showers maybe we'll get the flowers in june so yesterday friday or I'm sorry, two days ago, we had the jobs report came out with a disappointing 266,000 new jobs added. Why is it disappointing? Wall Street was, or economists were looking for almost a million new jobs. We only got 266,000 and then the revisions for the prior two months, you know, we, when we thought we were adding on almost a almost a million jobs in March. That was revised down to 770,000 jobs. So we lost some of our, um, let's say, luster. We thought that we had more jobs on the books than not. Right now we have about 8.2 million people still out of work before, you know, all of this craziness. We lost as many as 22 million jobs last April at the beginning of the global pandemic so we recovered which is nice but we still have a long way to go we need and there's jobs out there we just need to get um, people to to go out and you know look for them there there are jobs out there so you know with all this news the the stock market was you know when when you look at the s p up about 31.7 tenths of a percent on friday to close at 42.33, the Dow Jones Industrial Average up 230 points, seven tenths of a percent as well, the close at 34,777. And, you know, we, you know, <laughs> record closes. 26th for the S&P, 24th for the Dow this year alone, record closes. Who would have thought, right? The NASDAQ up 120 points on Friday, nine-tenths of a percent, which was nice to see, especially for our clients, because we own a lot of NASDAQ, up nine-tenths of a percent to close at 13,753. Um, the index, we're still just about 2.7% off the high, so we're not 
hitting record highs like the broad stock market index, but that's okay. NASDAQ, I'm sure, will come back and, and hit these record highs, so I'm not worried about that. Um, unemployment ticked up to 6.1% from 6%, and, you know, when, when you put it all in perspective, you know, the jobs miss comes as many investors basically were were ramping up thinking that the economy was poised for uh, an upswing in coming months as businesses around the country are reopening. A lot of people are getting vaccinated. They feel safer. They're able to go out. Some states are relaxing the mask rule. I'm still wearing my mask. Don't judge me, please. I feel safe when I'm in a loud or a large crowd of people, and that's okay. That's my that's my um, desire to feel safe, even though I'm vaccinated. You know, I guess there's strains and so forth. So if I'm in a large group of people, I'll throw my mask on. That's okay. And you know, living in New York State, we were we were um, meant to wear our masks to bed so at least we don't have to wear them to bed anymore you know we're we're easing up a little bit and hopefully hopefully small businesses will be able to to come back to life as, as soon as they can get some workers their problem right now is they can't get any workers so the federal reserve i guess with this news on friday you know some people were were wondering if they would stay true to their word and not raise interest rates over the next couple months, which is why investors were getting antsy. But it looks as though, you know, things things quiet quieted down a little, not as many jobs, and hopefully you'll you'll see that um the Fed will not be raising interest rates anytime too soon. Another reason why I'm very optimistic on the stock market. I think the stock market has room to grow. We made some changes in the portfolio this week. And some of the changes, we added, you know, some tactical positions to take advantage of of areas that we felt would, would do well. And ironically, you know, when, when you look this week, the number one performing sector was energy. Materials was right up there in the top 10. Energy up 9% for the week. Materials 6% for the week. Financials 4%. For the week, industrials almost three and a half percent for the week, and those are the areas that we added to our portfolios. We added each one of those sectors to our portfolio. So when you look at the S and P being up 1.2 percent, we made um, some some nice moves, and we think those moves will help our client. And some of these tactical moves, we're just going to take advantage of the economy opening up. Are spending money in areas, especially where I think industrials and materials will do well. So I'm optimistic, and they may be short-term moves. We're going to take a quick break for the news in a few seconds. If you have any questions, give us a call, 1-800-825-5949, 1-800-825-5949. The phone lines are open. It'll be a quick two minutes, folks, on the other side of the news break. I would love to talk to you, one 800 Hello and welcome back for the second half of Let's Talk Money. I'm Stephen Boucher sitting here live. I thank you for taking time out of your day to tune in. And for those of you that hung in through the news, I appreciate it. Our phone numbers, 1-800-825-5949, 1-800-825-5949. As I said, the S&P Dow up second week in a row, record highs, basically 
basically the Fed officials um, reiterating their pledges to refrain, refrain from tightening monetary policy until the labor market has returned and recovered. We got 8.2 million jobs. It's not going to happen overnight. Interest rates are going to be low. That's good news for the stock market. Good news for those of you borrowing money for a home. 1-800-825-5949. We have John in Albany. Hello, John. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. The pandemic has changed so much about what we can expect from healthcare. Now more than ever, we must make the future affordable, accessible, and equitable. I'm Jody Lesh. In a new podcast from Kaiser Permanente, we interview the thought leaders and care providers who are helping shape the future of not just healthcare, but fields like digital therapeutics and AI. We have a lot to learn from one another. Listen to Ahead in Health wherever you get your podcasts. This Friday, critics are calling A Quiet Place Part 2 phenomenal. This is the experience theaters were made for. A Quiet Place. Rated PG-13. This Friday. (laughs) Excellent. Um, You know, I was going to ask you a specific question, but then I was thinking I might not have all the facts behind the question, so maybe I'll ask you a different question first. I am thinking about all of the current conversation about raising the tax rate on investments. Uh, is that in, is that expecting to include retirement and, and IRAs and things like that? Right now, you know, obviously it's just chatter, John, but there's a lot of talk coming out of Washington that rates will be going up. That'll be income tax rates and capital gains tax rates. So when you refer to invest or tax rates on your investments, that's what we refer to as capital gains tax. Right now, the max is 20%, and then President Obama threw in an extra 3.8% in that health care package bill that he got passed through, um, kind of, you know, hidden fine print, let's say. So you can say that the largest um, tax rate for capital gains is 23.8%. And we're looking at, at, at hiking that. I don't know what it'll be hiked to. But, you know, Washington wants some big hikes. Listen, they're spending money big time, and they're not making any secret about it. They're looking to spend as much money as they want. Who's going to say no to them? They're in power in all three parts of government. So they are looking to truly, truly spend as much money as they can possibly spend. And we got to pay for it somehow. And unfortunately, if you have a thriving economy, that helps bring in revenue. But right now, they're looking and searching for other ways, and they always want to tax people, especially the rich. So they're looking at hiking, hiking um, tax rates, income tax rates, corporate tax rates, and capital gains tax rates, and also state um, tax rates. So I think you're going to see them try to hike right across the board. I'm not in favor of, of all these hikes and hiking as much as they want. I think that tax hikes could really be a Debbie Downer. As I said, it's a disincentive for a lot of corporations. Right now, we're in the middle of the pack. If you look around the globe, as far as a corporate tax rate goes, 
once they once they make those hikes we're going to be the highest tax country in the world and that's not good for corporate america in new york state you know we're going to be the highest tax you're going to be paying over 50 percent if you live in new york city so you know we haven't seen tax rates like that in quite some time so it's a it's it, it it's a big happening but right now it's just chatter john until it's it's signed into law it's just chatter but more than likely we're going to see some tax hikes coming down i would i would definitely agree with that i would definitely expect there's going to be a lot of tax hikes it's how much they can push through in the next year and a half at this point correct so yep. um you know, and, and again, like you said, fine print, they'll put in a gigantic bill and no one will actually know what was in it until it got passed and et cetera. So it was. Listen, listen, yeah, people uh, in okay. Washington, people in Washington are, are, are signing off on these bills and they have no clue what's in it. You know, I, I'm all in. I, I keep saying if you if you have a covid relief act, then make that act covid relief only. Why do you have to put in fluff to get that lawmaker's vote and and pork to get this other lawmaker's vote? And that's what they do. They they try to win over those votes that they don't have by by throwing stuff in these bills that don't make sense. This infrastructure bill. Listen, if we could spend one point nine trillion dollars on infrastructure in this country, I'm all for it. If it's truly going to rebuild our roads, bridges, um, the infrastructure in our, our country, you know, when you think about it, that could be uh, is, is something like the Internet. There's so much that goes in the infrastructure. If that bill was just geared towards that, we can put people on the, on the payroll to rebuild our country, which a lot of our country needs to be rebuilt. Our infrastructure is pathetic in so many ways. I'm all in favor of that, but I can assure you very little of that bill will be for infrastructure. The rest of it will be to win over those politicians who won't vote for it. And that I, I, I don't understand politics, but I have a hard time with that type of um, policy. I have a hard time with politicians, and I'll call them politicians. They're not leaders. They're politicians when they're saying, hey, I'll vote for it, but give me some money for this favorite cause of mine. I'm dead against it. But I don't understand politics, John, which is why I shouldn't talk politics. All right. Very good. Thank you. Hey, John, thank you for calling. Enjoy this Sunday. Sunday fun day. Happy Mother's Day. 1-800-825-5949. 1-800-825-5949. Any questions you have? You know, interest rates, mortgage rates, you know, the national average 30-year mortgage, 3.1%, 15-year mortgage, 2.38%. Folks, you know I hate this word. That's cheap money. Cheap, 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 cheap money. Um, you know, it's, it's, if you're looking to borrow money, first-time home buyer, don't wait till you save up a lot of money. Go out and search for that house that you feel is the right house for you and then buy it. I'm not so sure I would be building a house now. You know, the cost of commodities is going through the roof. I mean, you know, you got a rich friend when he or she is driving around in their pickup truck with a couple sheets of plywood in the back. You know that friend has some money, baby, money, serious money. 
if they're driving around with a couple sheets of plywood in their in their back um the pickup truck you know they have some serious money this is why they have security sitting back there i know there was a day when they you know you saw them just driving their pickup truck around the neighborhood but i'm telling you folks if they got a couple sheets of plywood they have some serious money and they are they are um you know friends that you want to be friends with serious money so 1-800-825-5949 1-800-825-5949 let's go back to the phone lines we have dave in new hartford hello dave hello steve good morning happy mother's day to you happy mother's day to you dave um, you know, I'm I, I'm just in, uh, curious. Um, could you name maybe some ETFs that um, invest in the energy sector that I could look at? Oh yeah, absolutely. You kidding me? Um, I'm going to tell you what we bought into, and and I, I I I looked at it every which way but Sunday. You know, Paulo Lapietra helps me big time in our office. Um, he 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 really helps me research a lot of these investments. We bought the Vanguard Energy. It's only, you know, remember, every exchange-traded fund, every mutual fund, every annuity has internal management fees. We disclose them because we're fiduciaries. If you look in, in at the Vanguard, the internal management fee is 0 0.10, and the weighted average of, of the companies in this is $106 billion. Um, we're getting a, a 3.4% and we, 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 we like it. When you look at the top holdings, um, you know, obviously you're, you're heavily invested in oil and gas refineries. So Exxon, Chevron, Conoco, EOG Resources, Lumberjay, Phillips 66, Kinder Morgan, Pioneer, Valeros round out the top 10 holdings. The top 10, those 10 companies account for 68% of the portfolio. So you're heavily weighted in that area. So that's that's one way of investing in energy. The other way would be to buy the sector, the S&P 500 sector. And, um, that's basically the spider. XLE, and you're looking at an internal 0.12%. And average market is... Uh, so close, similar. You don't have as many companies in this. The top 10, 78, the same top 10 holdings. So you got a little bit more concentration in those top 10 holdings. Those would be the two ETFs that we would buy. We ended up going with the Vanguard symbol VDE because of um, it, it rounds it out. It's not as many big big players. Hey, Dave, I got to let you go. I got to take a 15-second break because they have to reconnect. 1-800-825-5949. Um, Hello, and thank you for letting me. Now, that wasn't wetting my whistle. That was me clearing out my um, technology. You know, somebody tried calling me in the middle of the show, and that really messes me up, folks. It messes up the connection, so I had to clear them out. No calls, not on my personal cell phone. 
you can call 1-800-825-5949, 1-800-825-5949, and talk to me that way. The phone lines are open. Zach Harris, my longtime producer and my new financial analyst, because he is going to keep me straight and on the, um, you know, honest with regards to how you buy Doge and open up Robinhood accounts. Zach's doing it, but Zach also has a sports show every Sunday morning. Zach, don't you? What time and what channel? You can catch it today at 11 a.m. on Fox Sports 980, 95.9 FM. And what are you going to talk about today? Well, there's a rat-raccoon debate going on with the Mets dugout. We're going to get into that. Oh, man. Oh, man. I'm not a baseball guy, but um, there's a lot of baseball fans. Zach really does a great great job with this sports show. I listen every week, and he really does um, a phenomenal job. So if you like sports, come back at 11 and listen to to Zach. 1-800-825-5949. Let's go back to the phone lines. We have John in Schenectady. Hello, John. Hi, how are you? I'm doing wonderful. i uh, got a question. I uh, inherited some money, and I'm looking to put it into, uh, to get some dividends out of it. Uh, it's about uh, half a million dollars. And, uh want to know what would be the best way to preserve that half a million and uh, make some money. To, you know, not yeah. live entirely off of it, but save that and going forward. Yeah, so how old are you, John? 56. Okay, are you still working? Uh, I am. Do you have other savings, like in your retirement accounts and so forth? I do. All right, so um, so with this, this inheritance, was, uh, you I can have... a little extra. Yep, yep. So we always try to teach our clients that when, because we get this a lot, I want to live off the interest, I want to live off the dividend. Basically, every investment has, we, we look at total returns. So you you can have a dividend paying stock, like for instance, I just bought energy for our clients, we're getting a 3.4% dividend yield on that. Now that's just one sector that we bought. We have other sectors where we're getting over 2%. The S&P 500 as a whole is about 1.5% dividend. So that's one way of looking at dividends. You can also look at, you know, REITs yield a little bit more, but there's a lot of risk that comes with that, preferred stocks. There's a whole lot of ways of playing the dividend game. As I said, the interest rate on a U.S. 10-year Treasury note is 1.6%. It fluctuates every day. So you can lock your money away, and that's interest, but not a lot of interest. And then there's capital appreciation and capital loss on each of these investments. And it all equals to total return. So if you look over time, if you have a well-balanced portfolio and you're, you know, you have stocks and bonds in there, and I'm going back over the last 90 years, your average return in bonds is four to six percent. Your average return in stocks is ten to twelve percent. That gives you a average blended return of seven, eight, nine percent. That's total return. That includes dividend interest and capital appreciation over time. Some years you're gonna have losses. If you look over the last 37 years in the stock market, 29 of them were up and eight of them were 
are down. So you're going to have years where you're down. And at your age, you have, you know, we'd be looking at you for 30 years, John, that, that we're going to be helping manage that money. So I'm going to recommend, give our office a call this week. We can dig down deeper and help give you some ideas on what to do with that. But if you have a well-rounded portfolio, you should be able to take some income and help it, help it um, complement your, your, your salary and, you know, you know, make sure that that inheritance stays intact. So um, give us a call in the office and we'll take it a step further and kind of give you some, some more detailed answers if you want. All right. Thank you. All right, John, stay well on this Sunday. 1-800-825-5949. We have Teddy in Gloversville. Oops, Teddy is gone. We don't have Teddy in Gloversville. Come on back, Teddy. The phone lines are open for you. 1-800-825-5949. So, um, yeah, you know, we try to teach our, our clients, and we spend a lot of time educating our clients. You know, we manage over $800 million dollars and our our clients we don't have any client that is not invested in the stock market every client has some stock representation in their portfolios and when the market corrects or goes crazy and it's volatile our our clients don't panic and i think it's because we spend so much time educating them and i keep you know listen a solid chain is made up of strong links and as I build out my team, I'm adding some strong links. Our chain is as solid and strong as, as it can be. And I take every opportunity I can to build out my team, invest in human capital. You know, we, 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 we spend, and I'm not bragging, folks. I'm just giving you the facts. Um, you know, sometimes it, it's good for investors to ask their advisor just, you know, how committed are you to your profession? Some some guys and gals out there are just out there selling investments and not really acting as a fiduciary and not doing what's best for their clients. First and foremost, all we care about is what's right for our clients. And as a fiduciary, and I've been a fiduciary for 28 years. Back then, nobody knew what a fiduciary was. Now it's a buzzword. But I mean, I, I made the decision. I, I didn't want to sell annuities making 6% commission and mutual funds making um, commissions. I, I really wanted to to do right by my clients. I love what I do. I absolutely love what I do. So I became a fiduciary and I stopped earning commissions 28 years ago and I've never looked back. And now I continue to invest in not only technology and we spend six figures well in the six figures a year just to maintain our technology but i invest in our human capital we have 13 professionals soon to be 14 professionals three cpas we have four cfps one aif i'm telling you i spend a lot of a lot of um money investing in our human capital and building out our team and right now i think our team is second to none we really have a dynamic team and i'm proud of my team so um clients that engage our services know that we're we're committed to them but we spend a lot of time teaching educating coaching our clients on what's right for them that's all we care about is what's right for them 
1-800-825-5949. Let's go back to the phone lines. We have Adam. Hello, Adam. How are you? Hey, how you doing? I'm doing wonderful. What can I help you with today? Um, so I've been listening for a little bit, and uh, I don't know if you've gone, up, gone over this in previous shows, but what's your feeling on the, uh, the cryptocurrency trend that's been going on with financial stuff? Yeah, so I talked a lot about it yesterday. For some reason, we had a lot of calls on it. And, you know, for a long time, Adam, I'm going to be honest, I, I didn't buy into it. I really didn't. I thought it was a fad. Um, a lot of people, you know, I'm, I'm in the same camp as, hey, Adam, I'm going to ask you to mute your phone um, because we're, we're getting a lot of feedback. But, you know, I just I just didn't believe in, in the cryptocurrency. I didn't think it was here to stay. And, you know, all of a sudden, you know, Bitcoin goes from, you know, just a few thousand dollars. We're up to sixty five thousand dollars. It's come back a little bit. It's trading at somewhere around fifty seven thousand. We talked a little bit about Dogecoin yesterday and again today, you know, 75 cents just before Saturday Night Live because Elon Musk was on it. And during during the show, it dropped 30 percent. It's now you can get it for 30 cents, 30 cents. This was a penny, less than a penny just a few short months ago. So um, and, and this was this was a joke. Dogecoin was created as a joke. Fun and games, <laughs> giggles. Let's 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 have some fun and create a Dogecoin. And all of a sudden, it takes off. It's the power of platforms. And when you get uh, movement behind something, and we saw it with Robinhood and the Reddit, um, you know, platform chatter room where where people move stocks. Um, you know, like GameStop and AMC Entertainment. You know, Zach just told me Dogecoin is now up to 43 cents. 43 cents. Listen, the stock markets are closed on the weekend, but you can trade these cryptocurrencies 24-7. If you need some action on the weekends, open up a Robinhood account, put $100 in it, and buy as many penny stocks as you can. You know, it's it's crazy. But to be honest, Adam, I think that digital currency has a, a, a future. And, you know, I have a little trading account. I call it our sandbox account, a client of mine. I'm stealing it um, from him. And now we name all of our clients. We have some clients that want us to open up these accounts. And I actually may may come up with a strategy for clients that just want us to, to be aggressive and speculative. And that's what these type holdings are. But I, 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 I invested in Block, which is an ETF, B-L-O-K. Um, it comes from the Amplify family. It's a trans transformational data sharing, um, basically re looking to to um, invest in blockchain, which is the technology that drives Bitcoin, and it's companies that that are in this area. So you know, it's it's um, it's something that 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 I invested in. Top 10 holdings account for about 41% of this micro strategy, pay hold or pay holdings, PayPal holdings, Square. These companies, some of them are down big time, but we we invested in it. Some people are investing in ARC, the ETF. ARC um, has a fintech which you can invest in it, Adam. And the other the other stock that I bought um, for for my play account was Coinbase. Um, you know, Coinbase is a platform to buy some of these cryptocurrencies came out 
dropped big time and we bought a little bit when it dropped so you know be careful but if you're going to buy it you know it's it's not easy to buy these cryptocurrencies direct so if you're going to buy it you have to have a platform and you have to be able to jump through hoops and remember a platform like um robin who could stop you from trading they did that with gamestop and amc entertainment so you have to really really be careful folks we're coming up to the end of the show i can't thank you enough we truly had a a, a great day um i hope you enjoyed mother's day go to our website boucher.com for more information on our firm we act as a fiduciary all we care about is what's right for our clients anything that that um you know if you engage our services i promise you we're going to be there to take care of you and i continue to invest in my team and i'm very proud of my team i keep surrounding myself by people smarter than me boucher.com is our website in the meantime enjoy your sunday happy mother's day 15 minutes could save you 15 percent or more oh that's a cheer we used to do in softball uh what it's uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.